Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. One of my favorite things that we do at SADA is our all hands. We do it every January, and this year it was more special than ever. One of the things that made it really, truly different was that we had several Google executives fly out to do fireside chats. And this particular fireside chat is with me and Google's global channel chief, Carly Gerhardt. I hope you enjoy it. Well, I, I don't want it to be too much about me, but uh, I think in the context of Kayla and also like how cool it is that I think what we're all doing together. I knew tech was the right industry for me uh, when I, I think back. So I was like the... A little girl. I read all the books in the elementary school library. I got through the fiction section at junior high, but I was a voracious reader because there was just so much cool stuff to know. And I remember my my first tech job at a reseller and SI. Uh, that was a North American uh, family-owned company that had been started that did really really well. Many of you won't have lived through these days, but once upon a time, you would. Um, have racks of material that would describe what someone was selling. <laughs> and if you were interviewing for a job, you would make sure to pick up that material and read about what they were doing before the interview. And so I remember reading about um, hubs and routers, no clue what they were. Um, but it was a sales job, and I put myself through college basically selling stuff because it was like flexible hours, and I could you know sell stuff while still going to school. I literally started, so we had like, look, smiling and dialing. Maybe some of you have been there. Um, it's a great start gig because you really learn the intestinal fortitude of what it takes, and you learn that it is a like it is a numbers game, right? You got to show up every day, and you do the work, and doing the work is what nets out um, the impact. And so I started at a um, from a technology perspective at a reseller, did that. So smiling, dialing to inside sales, inside sales management, to outside sales, and then running the. Uh, Running the services business, never having implemented anything. Uh, then, uh, what we were starting that part of the of, of a business. They were ultimately that division was bought by AT and T. Uh, but then I went on from there. I worked at Deloitte, and then I've worked at sort of vendors. So whether PeopleSoft, SAP. So it has been a very very long enterprise B two B piece, which is back over to so when like Thomas was there. It was like, yes, I get this game. And so, um, anyway, so that was like why tech was the right gig for me is because it was like a library that always had new books. And I think if any of you guys are trying to figure out like what's the thing that'll keep you engaged in your career, that'll keep you young, it is learning new stuff. I think that is like the, one of the secrets to life overall is continually willing to be a beginner. We're in a career where there's always going to be something new. The degree to which you're willing to throw yourself in and jump in on that learning something new will be super impactful. So for me, I wasn't looking for another job when Google came um, aggressively calling. There were people who knew me over there, and they kind of kept they kept coming. But when I was like, look, there is a ton that resonates for me about Google's mission, which is making um, the world's information useful and accessible. And so when I think about Google writ large, that was something that like called out to like who that little girl was. That was all about sort of access to information and how impactful that had been for me. And when I think about Google Cloud, a bunch of it is democratizing data in a way that means someone can be a startup 
somewhere and not have to invest in the whole infrastructure and really drive out an idea, whether it's AI or ML, like all, there's so much fascinating stuff that is going on. And so it is both the aspect of sort of from an entrepreneurial perspective, what that means, the impact that can have. And then as someone who has worked in large global companies and in global roles, one of the other things that of course appealed about Google is the global impact that it can have. And so when you think about enterprise businesses and you think about what their experience has been overall in the market is they have typically been laggards behind what like consumer experience has been like, right? I had um, my actual, my first exposure to, uh, to Google, um, to G Suite was my son in school, right? And so when you think about someone who, um, you know, like a kid who was in like first grade and had a, you know, had a tablet and was sort of off like pushing buttons and doing stuff. We were talking earlier, right, what about digital natives and what that's like. And so when you think about sort of that experience, but a lot of what it's been like to turn up at, at work, um, companies that I've worked for before that I won't mention specifically, you think about like doing expense reports or whatever, it's like the furthest thing from a customer friendly experience, right? It was like, you would not like reuse this application if you were in like your real life, but you're stuck with it because the job set you up with it. And I think that aspect of saying there's so much opportunity to unlock from an enterprise perspective is a big part of um, why I came to Google, why I'm here. And it's one of the reasons why I'm super excited uh, about you guys. And I know there's a bunch of folks in the audience when I talk to Tony about who's here across all different roles within SADA. And I would just be, there is, whether you are in HR or you're in the back office, all of us are impacting the way our customers experience the world. Whether you're picking great people, whether you're making sure their bill is right, right? Whatever job that you've got, it's like ultimately it is, what is that end customer um, impact, which is probably a good segue to some of our strategy. Yeah, customer experience. We talk about that a lot. And uh, and I love, as you said, and I appreciate you bringing that up, is this is not just a sales kickoff. This is literally everybody. And um, we, we are all kind of rowing in the same direction. And we're lucky, and I'm lucky, that we get to talk all the time. But so many of, of others at uh, SADA are just sort of on the receiving end of the strategy. And now they get to be experience it like we do. And that means, that means a lot. So... You know, your role, as far as I'm concerned, when you came to Google, was net new. Like, we didn't have this kind of channel focus globally, uh, responsibility over programs in, in this sort of hyper-channel focused way. And, and, I, and, I, and I say we were in New York together, and when you invited me to that panel, which was an amazing experience, and you have a global role, and you were on forecast calls. I was like, Carolee's on global forecast calls, like in Japan at some odd hour? But that's how actually ingrained you are in your role in what goes on in the field and the sales execution side. So I actually didn't know that. So it's really amazing that you're that hands-on, which also gives you exposure to that strategy because you're helping drive that strategy. So how have you seen that evolve a while in the time that you were there and what do you see in 2020 going forward? Yeah, well, you, I mean, you referenced uh, Thomas coming on board. And I think, look, I, there's many things, too, around, like, right place and right time. And I think that's for all of us, too, in our careers, figuring out, like, hey, is what is needed now? Is that, what like, what, I, what I've got? And is this the right place for me right now? And I think um, Thomas is, like, the right place at the right time. You referenced sort of the enterprise element of that and what that has meant. If you, any of you have not spent... Um, more individual time with Thomas, but it is like 
boom, boom, boom. This is what we're doing. Sort of case, you know, case closed. It is a super, super clear and focused. Um, and it's very aligned. Uh, somebody, so I had the pleasure of also working for Rob Enslin back when he was at SAP. He's running, uh, you know, global. He's president for Google Cloud now, working for him again. And he also um, has a super focus. That Greg McEwen is one of his friends. He wrote the book Essentialism. I encourage you to take a look at it if you haven't taken a look at that book. But it is really about saying, right, doing a few things well has a disproportionate fact, uh, impact versus doing lots of things. And so I think the first thing that you really saw from a Thomas perspective was to step back and be like, there are one, certain named markets that are disproportionately impacted in terms of where, we, where we've got to go. Uh, two, there are certain segments that are disproportionately impacted in terms of like where we go. To, and so super, super focused of saying, and are we making sure, like the hardest thing we've all been there is to say like what like not to do. And when you are Google today, and what I tell, you know, my poor organization has been around, it's like, it's, there's, like, there's no shortage of great ideas. In fact, there's like not even shortage of like really brilliant ideas. Uh, the art is saying out of all of those, right, which are like the really cream of the crop that will have a disproportionate impact on our business. And it's the same thing all of you are doing every day when you turn up and you say like, which customers, what do I spend my time on out of what I'm doing? Is there certain things that are going to have a disproportionate impact on the outcome? And so I think Thomas has done an amazing job of really focusing organizationally on that. And when I think about what that means for um, all of you, and you will have seen in the market, and we were, we were just chatting like a side, a huge deal we just announced with Sabre. Um, there are massive deals that Google has been doing. There is massive hiring that has gone on in the whole organization that's continuing to go on. And nonetheless, if you are Google today and you said, what do we need to do to be clear, even with all that hiring, even with all the progress we're making, it is existential for us to do partnering well. So if you were to step back and look at who some of our competitors are and what it means for us in terms of working with you, um, there is no question from the top on down, if we don't do this right, we will not be able to reach enough of the market fast enough. We are in the Wild West. We're in the, you know, like once upon a time here where they're like, go out, you know, nail down the cor four corners, whatever four, four corners, get there first, and that's your territory. Um, that really is the game. And that piece of saying when I started my career and was like smiling and dialing, it is game on for that now. Is people are out talking to customers right now today that are making decisions that are going to have impact over an arc of years. And I know Wendy will talk a little bit later about sort of what those customers want to hear. But one of the things that we did go through from a strategy perspective was our sort of um, what are you solving for? You're going to see a bunch more branding from Google overall. Um, and that was like a collective, and we saw that, um, and Thomas's staff sort of demoed for us. It was like a collective sigh in the room, because it's like, that's right. That's what's about, like one, the focus is on the customer. What really matters is what's really important to them, which is why all of you and whatever job you're doing are impacting those customers. But it's about what's really important to them, and more important, it's like specifically, what is the thing that they're solving for? And the degree to which any of us, um, you look, like I think Google has amazing products. I think there's a bunch of people who would independently say, we have the best products that are out there. And none of that matters if it doesn't matter to what that customer is trying to do. And so that's really the art 
that's in front of all of us. That's really what Thomas is focused on. How do you make sure you're both, you know, we've got sort of, you know, we're not broadcasting. We're spending enough time in listening mode to really understand what they're after, what they need, and that our job is really then trying to say, how do we translate connecting what the, everything we can bring to the table to addressing what we've heard to that customer. And certainly, when I talk about uh, partnering being existential to Google, it's going to be, how are we making sure we're working together in an orchestrated way? How do we bring the right resources at the right time? How do we make sure you know who they, you know, we know who they are, that you have access, but also that we're working in a coordinated way that says, you know, like they, you know, it's time memorial, one plus one equals three. But that that is really about saying we've got the like the right resources at the right time. And that starts like job one, that starts with listening. So if we like if we screw up that part, we're never gonna know what exactly are the right mix to bring. And so I think that piece um, is super important, and I think it's making sure that we've got like a focus, which I think Thomas has really brought to. And I, I know you've seen some of that. <laughs> Tell me yeah, it's, it's, the focus is interesting. Like you know, six months ago there was like eight solution pillars, and now there's six, and then there's five. I mean, like hyper focus. <laughs> there's 35 countries we care about. Now actually, it's 28. Like we're seeing it get more and more narrow. <laughs> now it's 21. Right? There's only 21 markets that matter. Uh, and focus for us is important, and we express that in certain ways. Like, like we're not going to do SAP. That's a statement. Like, that's for the GSIs. Let them have that. We're not going to expand to Europe or Asia as much as you know those you know uh, uh, the sales leadership there wants us to. Yeah, we have to do that because we even have more limited resources, much more than yeah. Google does. So focus is important. But the Saber deal. And there's, you know, it's not the first 10-year deal we've, we've seen at Google, but that's a 10-year deal. That means the land grab, quote-unquote, we're talking about, these are customers that are making a bet that's a 10-year bet. Mm. I don't remember deliberate 10-year bets on, like, anything else. Like, Cisco was not necessarily a 10-year bet. It was like a three-year bet. You know, Dell, oh, three years, they're, they're end of life. We're going to replace them. We could buy something else. With regards to like high impact, right? Um, a lot of customers want to experiment and do science experiments on the Google platform because they think it's cool, or maybe they're like, "Oh, I think I heard Google does AI better, so can you like do this little thing?" That's a lot of work, but maybe doesn't have an outsized business impact and outcome. So, for our our ability to source business at a really high quality, convert those to initial wins that are PSF or some other proof of concept, but turn that as diligently and deliberately as possible to a multi-year massive commit. That is the name of the game, but there's a lot of work required yeah. to get a customer to say that they're going to not only stick with Google Cloud, but with you as a partner for the next five years. The level of confidence you have to instill is a much higher bar than when you're selling, we're all selling, <laughs> we've been doing this 20 years, router switches, servers, yeah. et cetera, right? So if we get really, really good at that, that's going to resonate uh, very, very well with the Google Field organization, with the channel organization. But that's why you see us investing in things like technical account management, customer success, client partner uh, organization. Like when they sign that commit also, like Google has to make hell, you know, hell or high water, Sabre actually consumes what they think they're going to consume and achieve the business outcomes they're going to think they can achieve over the last decade. So it really, in a magical way, aligns incentives 
in a way that our ecosystem enterprise software hasn't seen that level of alignment. Yeah, I mean, you guys are the ones who are instantiating. Like, I mean, you are the face to the customer. I mean, just to be clear, and it's really important to us. I know we're going to talk a little bit later about culture, but I mean, like the way you referenced earlier, and by the like the way you guys show up, Kayla was talking about that as well. I mean, you really are a bunch of what the experience is for those customers and I think when I think about the things that um, differentiate Google and why why is someone making a 10-year bet so you reference it's value creation so it's gonna be look what can you do that you couldn't otherwise but also part of what Google will be like look we believe there is a war on like the baseline software stack and I think if you step back and said what Google brings to the table is actually flexibility and choice if you're an enterprise what the thing is is you don't want to be beholden and locked in. And what we're saying when you see us driving out innovations like Anthos is to say, hey, look, we got you. We got you if you're still staying. There's some, you know, I started on a, probably something else that none of you guys have seen before, dumb terminals, mainframes are like green screens, right? So it's like, there are still applications out there that are not going to move for any time soon. And they're going to say, how do I deal with that? How do I deal with apps that I am sort of getting ready to move? How do I containerize them? What Google is about is about creating a software stack that creates choice and flexibility that the others are not. And they're actively, by the way, trying to lock them in. So you're like, first, I got to think about how do I create value for that customer? How do I make sure I'm gonna, you're going to make a 10-year bet because it's the least risky of the bets. You can still hedge your bets. You can still have options to run on other public clouds. And in fact, Google has, I'd be like, you know, it's not about what people are saying. It's like put their money where their mouth is. Google has repeatedly from Kubernetes to TensorFlow, we've innovated on things that have gone out from an open source perspective. And we've publicly said that actually our strategy is to ensure that customers can support, right, multiple clouds. They can have their on-prem environment. They can have a private cloud environment. They can have multiple public cloud environments. Now we think we're the best. And in fact, if you start thinking about the other things where we're differentiated around trust, around what we can do from sort of highly differentiated AI and ML, and you're right, let's not get pigeonholed into like some sideshow. This is really about core business decisions that they're making that they're going to live with for a long time, and they're going to want flexibility, et cetera. So we need to do a good job together of bringing that story, and it's why who we partner with is super, super important to us. I remember coming home from my um, my first uh, three days at Google, so they have Noogler training, and I came home and was chatting with my... Um, husband about nuclear training I said, like the thing that I was like dude I just spent three days in training no one talked about making any money and I, was, I, I wasn't sure what to do and I was like I don't I might not be at the right place um however a bunch of why that was really related to the culture element and it was that piece that really matters about that is some of the reason why we win it's some of the reason we're so we talk about a bunch about it with partners, and we'll talk about a little bit later what I think is really differentiated about that. But I think the piece of sort of look, you guys are the face of the customers. You're the way you're the way we show up. We're gonna win together. It's like we gotta be really really smart about making sure we're exploiting and making the customers clear on how we're gonna create more optionality for them. More flex, more flexibility. The way in which you're going to be able to guide them through that journey that both respects where they are, but helps them create a vision for where they need to be. Yeah. And look, um, we were some of us were in the keynote at Accelerate. I mean, you want to understand how a channel 
centric uh, it has become. Like most people don't want to talk to anybody before they go on stage at a keynote. Like if they're the headliner, Carolee invited me to sit with like 15 global partners right before they went on stage with Rob and TK to talk to us. Because, you know, TK was going to fly out or whatever. That was the yeah, he only was time he was going to flying out right after that keynote. So, yeah. like, like, he wasn't spending any time with our field people. It was with you guys. The only time he had, he spent it with partners. You, that you would have never gotten that in previous leadership. And the other really cool thing was uh, they opened with G Suite, which I thought was <laughs> super exciting. Because uh, that's also very different. But that was amazing. Uh, I didn't even realize that they were going to, you know, he was going to fly out. Rob stayed longer, which is great. We spent more time with him. But... Partners front and center, I think, is just amazing, and we feel that in, in every level. It's not just coming from the channel team, and we don't see it in the field. Like, no, we, we see it everywhere. Uh, the other point you made, um, uh, what the keynote reminded me of, like, the, what Urs was talking about was so infinite game oriented, just like what our you know leadership was talking about yesterday on stage. He's they're not they're not talking about like. Oh, we have to be number two in three years. Otherwise, you know, sky's falling. You know, Urza's like 10 years. Like, we're thinking 10 years ahead. Anthos is the secret sauce. It is a differentiator. It is why someone would be willing to, to sign a 10-year deal. Because it's not like Sabre's giving up all the leverage to Google. No, Google still has to be the best public cloud provider. Because they can be on Anthos and actually spend most of the consumption on Azure if they wanted to or leave it on-premise on Kubernetes. So I love the authenticity of having to win in an even playing field where the confidence comes off with how Google leads and, and speaks to the market in, in such a different way than, uh, than the competitors. And, and we just love being on, side of that, on that side of the conversation. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's right. And back over to like, you know, how important you are. So we did, and it was actually my, so this was my second sales kickoff. My first year, I was like, I'm going to get partners there. I was like this close. I got agreement and then it like unwound. And so I was like, okay, year two. Huge, uh, so huge, I'd be like, huge, be persistent, huge. guys. <laughs> right. Um, and so when I think about that, that was a big, that was a big move. Our partner organization grew more than 50% year over year. So we've had massive growth in that. And of course, with the field piece, and that's probably, bears in mind I flew in to get here so I missed Narav he may have touched on this but I think the other piece is like look you guys are going to be running into new Googlers all the time I'd be like it's like the good news and the bad news you have a chance to like start like they're trying to figure out where's the bathroom you'd be like hey I'm I'm, I'm your gal I'm your guy but we're going to be getting people who are coming from all different backgrounds so I would just be look I think in in the real world that's going to mean sometimes your experience is going to be uneven we've done a lot to make sure, unlike other providers, that they're totally like comp neutral. In some places, actually, it's even better for them to work with partners than it is to do, do a deal directly. So we've done a lot to create infrastructure that's in place to support them effectively working with you. But I'll be like, with that many new people, we're not always going to get it right. So I'm like, please talk. You know, speak up, ask questions, ask for ask for help. If something isn't going the way you expect it to, I would just be like, don't write them off. Be like, they're probably, you know, new in the saddle. Help us, help you. The team that Ahmed, like, you know, has is talking about is here to, you know, support you. So I just be, please speak up too. No. On that note, I have to tell you, the last three months, something's changed from the standpoint of, and I don't know, it, it's the work, obviously, it's a culmination of the work you're doing, Kayla's doing, what you know, programs, and Ahmed, and everything else, and Narav. We have new Googlers coming in, 
and they give us like our own sales pitch. Like what we normally would say, they're like, I just got here, but I know exactly who you are. I know what you do. I know why I should work with you. And like partners of the future were like, great, I guess we're done here. <laughs> no, Carly, yeah. seriously, it took years to get there where I remember in the past, it was like, this is who we are. Like, we're, we're like, how do you not even know who Sada is? Like, we were just on stage the other day and you know, you're like, who's Sada? Or like, why use partners? Or like, I can't really contact you partners, right? Like, we used to get all this like nonsense. We had to like try to control that narrative in Google's own field. And, and now the response is so different. So it's a culmination of all that work. So thank you. Our job is way easier. And we'll continue to do that, of course, and to talk and to express and our, get our pitches down. But it's just, it's, it's definitely, we have, we have tailwinds now. Well, I look, I'd be like, keep holding us accountable because we've got like the whole, the way this works is like both sides are pulling their weight. And, um, you know, so I talked about like, look, these are things that we expect to deliver for you. I think from things that we want from you, I would be like, look, really, really want you guys to know our solutions well enough that you're able to be that translator. Right. Because it's really in the end, like, what is the customer looking for? And you've got to know it well enough. It's like, you know, they have that like classic thing of like, you really know something when you go to try to teach it to someone else. And you always, oh, wait, hang on a minute. There's like a few gaps. I was working on that with some math homework, unfortunately, with my son the other week. Like, I used to know how to do this. No, let me just like, I have to do like a little refresher course. And I think there is a piece for us around that element of saying, look, you really know what the solutions do, but they're only impactful the degree to which you're able to translate that to customers. So it's like, that's what we want. That's what we want from you. And we care a lot about the values that you show up with too, because that's part of what Google is about. And so I think you reflecting the way you turn up, um, and we'll talk a little bit about sort of what the Google like values are, but that's really, really important to us. And then it's like, look, work together as an orchestrated team. So I'd be like, keep talking like the whole time it's like just keep talking keep talking and, and right you've done that translation was the customer need then that helps you figure out okay we've got these pieces but hey google we need these elements for you guys to come in because we haven't done either this part before and or we need us to be credentialized from the customer that you're behind us or whatever it is it's like if you've listened well enough then we can figure out okay who what's the right team to field to win and win big yeah no um Let's let's actually shift a little bit to culture and to um, you know diversity and inclusion and how how important that is. And um, the first time we met on that same day, you know, we had a lot of time together. One of the things that you told me that you had you know recently been doing at GE in this global role, you were describing uh, this and, and other experiences that were kind of mind blowing for me, and they were so eye opening for me. You're you're talking about being at GE Digital as a woman and having a global role and going to all these other countries, some Middle Eastern countries and other places where you were literally the only woman in the room, mm -hmm. operating in all these different cultural norms and other stories how you were, you were often the first and only woman in sales, mm -hmm. in enterprise, because we know like, you know, Enterprise software sales hasn't been hasn't always been <laughs> super uh, inclusive, um, and you know, no other person that you know in my 20 years of doing this has had been more influential in the way that I think, and I think as a result, what is reflected now in SADA 
uh, of, of how important this subject is. And I think as demonstrated by, you know, Wendy, and I don't know if Lucina is here, but yeah, she's uh, our amazing, amazing uh, board member. But, um, and, and I see it at every part of how Google operates and who you invite to speak. Like in Atlanta, there was a gentleman from the Medici group and talking about how uh, inclusion and diversity, how it's really a, st a strategic advantage and a competitive advantage. It's not just market norms. It's not just about those things. And as I look at the, the challenge ahead for the next 10 or 20 years, if we don't create an environment that is safe and inclusive and wonderful for people of all backgrounds, like we're really, we're literally not going to, to be able to fulfill the demand in the market, to appeal to all the customers we need to appeal to, and we won't be as creative and as agile and, and wonderful enough, frankly, to, to, to address the challenges ahead. There are so many different reflections of diversity, and you can go back, you like check it out, like, like in 25 years ago, I wrote a LinkedIn post about sort of what my experience has been about, you know, we chat a little bit about sort of folks who are immigrants, is like immigrants at work that they have had a massive impact on my success overall. And again, it's just, it's like the diversity of thought. People who are different than you, it's harder at first to work with them. People are like you, it's like, cause you get it. Hey, when I reference like the restaurants, when I talk about, you know, my Oakland neighborhood, they know what my neighborhood is like, they, they it's easier. And it would be like, if there's anything any of us learn in life is like easiest the way you've gotten to success. No, it's doing like the hard stuff. And I will tell you, if you will make the effort to reach across and figure out what does it take to create an environment that makes everyone feel included, included enough that actually they'll disagree with you, right? And raise the questions. It's like, that's how you're going to deliver great customer outcomes. And there's a lot about the way all of us um, show up every day, the way we run meetings, the way you open and say, like, has everyone had a chance to, you know, my meetings are famous because of funny things like, oh, like, you know, if you were going to be a superhero, what would you want to be? But it's like, there's a deliberate reason why I make sure everybody around that table says something because the likelihood that they'll speak again is proven if they've said something in the first round. So there are all kinds of ways and things that we can all do. Let's write that one down. <laughs> I like that one. There's all kinds of things that you can do to make that effort. But I'd be like, the effort is, it really is around innovation. So when I think about going to what we will talk about is like Google, some of Google's core, core values. So one of them is think big. And that really is a lot of what drives to the innovation that we've got there. To be clear, there is zero innovation without diversity of thought. And diversity of thought is, is, is supported by people who grew up in different ways, who had different experiences than what you had. And if you aren't interacting and communicating in a way with people that is respectful, that makes space for them, you are not going to get those insights. And um, one of the great things about Google is Google is really focused on that. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's, to be clear, it's the only place I've ever worked where they talked about that in front of customers. I've always been like, it's like you get to the, like, the, the customer is always right. And the customer is always right, even if they're kind of being a jerk to someone around the table sometimes. And Google, that's like a no-fly zone. So, I mean, one of the things about sort of the way in which, uh, like a common one that will come up uh, 
at Google sometimes will be like females who are in technical jobs. They're showing up in front of a customer and the customer will keep like defaulting back over to like, say it's like the sales guy and they're having a technical question. They keep like heading back over that way. Like in Google, it's, it's super ingrained. Everyone technology be like, Hey, no, actually Victoria is the expert on that. And we'll rewrite, like, you know, reroute back over to, no, my friend, you're going to keep heading back over to Victoria because actually she's the one, right? And that, and that someone else at the table who's the person they're leaning in on really making clear, no, 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 the person who can answer this is this person at the table makes a massive difference. And a lot of places they'll be like, oh, you know, like, oh, the customer likes, you know, likes Tony better. So we'll just lean in on Tony and whisper in his ear and let him, no, 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 no. That's not the way we roll. And I, I think that's, um, that's really important. And those are, there are things that all of us have an opportunity to do every day that again, will absolutely impact the outcome that you've got yeah, from I mean, that little gesture you're describing, it's so impactful because it's actually steering the customer in the right direction. That's the best outcome for them. Frankly, it's this person. Like, you want to do this thing right. You talk to this person. You're cluing in a little bit about how they're being maybe subconsciously biased and how they're speaking, but very respectfully, right? You're not embarrassing them or calling them out, but you're doing that. But you're also, I mean, you're showing a position of strength. You're mm -hmm. like, look, all of us who came here in this meeting, we all came here for the reason. This, I, I'm the CEO. I'm here. I'm not. I don't have all the answers, right? And and I think if we do that at every level, again, it obviously is going to produce the best outcome. But it means a lot for that person, by the way. Uh, that I mean, engineer yeah. who's sitting there, that you as their superior or their peer is pointing back at them, like. They're not going to forget that because you're 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 channeling their importance in a in a subtle and classy way because it's the best for them and the best for the customer and you're it's a little reminder as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, like everyone who shows up at your customers, they should have a purpose for being there, right? And if you aren't using their purpose, and by the way, you want a better way to like get more effective when they're like essentialism and like focus on doing a few things well. Make sure you're not busy trying to do other people's jobs for them. Like yeah. they're there, they've got a skill, yes. they got something, they got a reason they're there. And so let them have their place and their role, right? Everyone who's around that table should have a reason why they're there. And you don't need to do that for them. You don't need to orchestrate for them. Let them have their um, have their piece. It's one of the things. Uh, so I. Um, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And so one of my, my hobby is um, the flying trapeze. And for me, everyone's like, oh, what does that have to do with this? It's, it's, it's awesome, by the way. I highly recommend it. Um, Santa Monica has actually a spot you can go. And if you were to um, step back and be like, what, what does that have to do with anything? One, I will just tell you, continuing to do something that you're not good at or failing at things is a really good sales lesson. Two, I would just be stepping back and saying, doing something that makes you afraid, like feeling fear is a muscle. And the more time you step up and you'd be like, okay, I know it's like my adrenaline's pumping. I know what this feels like. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to march out. and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do anyway is a muscle. All of you guys should be exercising and whatever that looks like for you, which is like, it's different things for different folks, but I'd be like, you need to do that. But it's also a great example of there's a ton of sort of not sexy roles in flying trapeze. Like there's someone who's like pulling the lines, right? You'd be like, 
But you really, really want that person when you are learning a new trick because they're going to save you from dying. And there are people like there's the biscuit is the person who's like serving the bar and they're the one who's going to drop the bar when you're going to return for your trick. Again, not super exciting, totally critical that they are doing their job at the right time so actually you don't get hit in the head with the bar and get hurt. Um, right, and there's the catcher who's the one who's calling the time, and it's it's so it's so much a sport where everyone's got to do their job. And I would be, that's really really how I think about us being successful. You did a t- team building thing in Santa Monica a long time ago, didn't you? I, I I've done one in Australia. Australia. <laughs> I've done one in yeah, like yeah. But Next everyone who comes to start to retort, report Flying to me, and they're trapeze. like, oh no, we're gonna have to do trapeze, <laughs> aren't we? Um, <laughs> I like that. I don't that. force that anybody. <laughs> We're inclusive. There's other options. You can learn to juggle. Or... Do, you, do you mind if we open it up to a question? Please. Sorry. We haven't I'll gotten to talking. do this all morning. We have like only a couple minutes left, so make the answers. Should we give like a raffle award for someone who actually asked a question? Yes. <laughs> two minutes. All right. So who has a question for Carolee? You, sir. Oh, hi, Tigran. Sure. Yeah, no, thanks for the question. Um, yeah, well, feel free to turn on LinkedIn. I actually, like, expound at this at more length. But if I were to step back one, uh, I think all of us back over to, like, hey, we're impacted for how we grew up. My my uh, my mom taught English as a second language. I grew up around um, her teaching people who were from all over the world. Uh, and um, I will uh, never forget her pointing out to me um, at different times as there were different crises in the world, we just tend to have, like, different pools of of um, types of immigrants that would be in her classes. Uh, but her um, talking at the time, so like, you know, when the Czech Republic was behind the Iron Curtain, it was a family who had escaped. And I remember her, um, you know, talking to me about this particular um, gentleman, and we were talking about, and that he was a janitor, and he had been a doctor. And um, she was really pointing it out to me just to be back over to sort of like how important I mean, be like, by the way, I know the names of everyone who cleans my building. <laughs> I'm like, is the aspect of sort of one paying attention to people and like is and sort of not judging them by some other things of like there's reasons why sometimes someone is in a certain position. But then I would just be like fast forward. So I think there was a bunch about the way I, I, I was raised that said you need to like look through like the exterior into the interior of a person. But then I would just be, look, it's back over to like diversity is great for business. I'd be like, I can directly go through the number of examples of times that immigrants have brought a different idea. There's something so powerful about, even when you think about someone who knows another language, and any of you guys who've ever really mastered another language, it's like, hey, like they think about things in a different way. And when you realize someone was socialized in a different way, they actually probe on questions. They, they've asked me harder questions. They pointed out things I wouldn't have thought about because I haven't encountered that before in my life. And I'll tell you what, you know who I want a team? I want on my team someone who's willing to bet on themselves. You, when you pick up and you go move somewhere else and you don't know the language and you don't have the network that like a lot of us, you know, had people who helped us along the way, gave us some ideas about where to go to college. I want someone who's betting on them. You know why? Because they are going to, like, invest. And so, um, 
to be like it was something great about me. I like I look. I can look empirically at the evidence of the way in which um, people from diverse backgrounds and immigrants in particular have impacted my performance, have impacted how I and the outcomes of my businesses. So I'm like, you know, it's not, it's not me. It's just smart business. Uh, with that, I mean, of all the things that you're doing, I I, I want to thank you for creating a more vibrant, more active, more um, perva- pervasive channel strategy and organization uh, within Google that we feel every single day. But even more importantly than that, again, thank you for being the biggest influence in my life with regards to this very important topic. It's really, I think, shows up at SADA and hopefully shows up even externally of SADA and the things that we do together and, and, and we do here within, within this organization to, um, I, I think, just get the message out there that this is the right way to do things and uh, the way we do things matters and the language we use matters and how we show up matters. And um, we hope to together really kind of change the culture of enterprise software and cloud in a way that that becomes like the leading sector in all the industries that is the most diverse, the most inclusive, therefore the best performing of any other sector. And if we do that, uh, I feel like that's a great contribution to the cause. And um, thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.